Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. How are you taking care of yourself during this pandemic? Are you getting that question? I am, all the time. My first answer to this question is, I'm doing a lot of walking. I walk before work, I walk after work, and I take many, many walks on my days off. And as I walk, I listen to music. The Indigo Girls frequently come with me on my walks, filling my ears and my heart with messages that hold and sustain me. My favorite thing they tell me is this. I went to the doctor, I went to the mountains. I looked to the children, I drank from the fountains. There's more than one answer to these questions pointing me in a crooked line. And the less I seek my source for some definitive, the closer I am to find. This message comes from the song, Closer to Fine. I've listened to this song for many years, finding comfort in their guidance to fight the urge to have certainty. Life has always brought big daunting questions, but as we continue to live through this pandemic, there seem to be more questions and the urge to have an answer and to know exactly what to do feels even stronger. I work as an interfaith chaplain on the intensive care units at one of our city's hospitals. As part of this ministry, long before COVID-19 came into our lives, I've been asked to be besides patients and loved ones as they grapple with some of the hardest questions. Do I want to be on life support? Should I have a high-risk procedure? What does quality of life really mean to me? When was the last time you didn't know the answer to an important question? When was the last time it felt okay to not know? One of the many definitions of a hospital chaplain is this. Chaplains are there to help you confront life's big questions. Besides the medical ones I just mentioned, some questions I've been asked recently include, what will happen to my family? Is God upset with me? Should I stop working? We were so careful. Why did we get this virus? Many assume because of my job that I have the answers to these questions, but I almost never do. Instead, I help my patients 
be able to live without an immediate answer? What has your life taught you about questions? I invite you to go inward for just a few moments. How do your closest people respond to not having an answer? What does the society that we live in tell us about questions? How are questions faced in your religious experience? Did you have a tradition before Unitarian Universalism? Were there clear answers to questions? And how does our tradition treat questions and the not knowing? We all come with our own history of influence, but in our society, we are expected to have answers. Unitarian Universalism is radical in its professed comfort with ambiguity and with the not knowing. Some of where we see this is in our sources, that our spirituality is drawn from direct experience of wonder, words and deeds of prophetic people, and wisdom from the world's religious, earth-based, and intellectual traditions is a great deferment from a set answer. We defy finite and singular answers when we uphold our principles, finding inherent worth and dignity in every person and supporting each person's truth, search, each person's search for their truth and meaning. We embrace ambiguity when we in our congregation coexist across opinions and beliefs. It's uncomfortable to listen to the question without having an answer. And the more important the question, the harder it is to not know. I think about our story that we just heard. The rabbit is, in my experience, the hardest animal to find. We are much more apt to talk, to shout, to hide, and especially to fix. Much more apt than we are to listen. But the listening is so important. When we force ourselves to answer a question before we feel we have an answer, we can land in a painful place. If we give an answer we don't feel sure of, we can feel the pain of being inauthentic. If we give an answer that doesn't feel right, we can be lonely. We might be ashamed of our uncertainty and deal with our distress alone. If we give an answer before we feel ready, we could ignore important wisdom that lives in the not knowing. And we are often well-intentioned as we focus on finding an answer. We want to distill anxiety and find safety in the knowing. 
In our hospitals, we want to know what a patient's family is deciding about maintaining life support because so much is out of control and we want to give some control back. But what if a family can't decide right away and their decision can't be reversed? Is there space for not knowing? In our congregations, we ask about gender pronouns because we want to give each person the respect of calling them what they want to be called. But how does a person feel if they don't yet know what gender pronoun they use? Is there space for not knowing? Sometimes we can be uncertain indefinitely. Other times there are limits. We might feel comfortable with a lifetime of wondering who God is. We can't wait forever to make a decision about life support. Whether we can live in the not knowing or we can rest there for just a little while, there is a great deal of good that can come from not having to know an immediate, finite answer. When we don't have to know right away, we can give our mind and our body time to rest. When we don't have to know right away, we can tend to the important emotions and needs of not knowing. When we don't have to know right away, we can have the possibility of all that can be instead of the limitations of what we think is. When we don't have to know right away, there is time and room for us to find what we need to face the answer. Maybe there are places we need to go, people we need to meet, or mistakes that we have to make. When we don't believe that there is one answer, there's less pain in realizing a wrong choice. When we don't believe there is one answer, we don't have to beat ourselves up about not knowing. Hope is a lot more palpable if there is more than one answer. I'd like to tell you a story about accepting not knowing. I've changed the identifying details to protect the patient and the others involved, but the essence of this story is there. Denise is a patient who has been hospitalized for months. After a planned surgery, she had detrimental complications and needed extensive life support. With each new procedure, the team hoped that Denise would get better, but her body worsened. The team met around her. Her doctor tearfully told her she would never get out of the hospital. Did she want to keep trying everything if she knew that this was her new reality? Or did she want to focus on comfort and being with loved ones? Denise cried, I don't know. Okay, we assured her. Take time to think, we will be here. I visited Denise after the meeting. I don't know what to do. Can you let the uncertainty be there? And 
Can you tell me what you are certain of right now? Denise was able to tell us what she knew for sure, and we were able to respond. I don't know what to do, but I know I want to be able to eat. Denise's nurse learned about the foods that Denise loved most and explained that if we focused on comfort, she could eat. I don't know what to do, but I know that I'm afraid of choking. Denise's doctor was able to talk about different ways of engaging with food. I know I feel lonely. I worked with Denise to ask family and friends to visit. Denise loves stargazing. I brought paper stars to each of the many units that cared for Denise and invited staff to decorate a star for her. We covered the wall that she stared at all day in stars. I know I worry about what I will miss with my kids. Child life specialists worked with Denise to make cards for her kids' future birthdays, graduations, and weddings. I don't know what to do, but I know that I don't want to live in the hospital forever. Denise told our social worker this, and our social worker spent time with Denise listening to what gave her life quality. We were able to give Denise time and we were able to focus on what she knew while allowing space for what she didn't know. This helped Denise make a choice that her family could live with and a choice that best fit her values. Denise couldn't have given us her answers when we first asked her the painful question. Your questions might be very different than the ones that fill our hospital units, but all of us face big questions and all of us face the pressure to give immediate and finite answers. Living in this time of great unrest and conflict and fear makes it incredibly hard to sit and be with the questions, to sit and just listen listening to what is said, and listening to what is felt. As we saw with Taylor from our children's story, sitting still and listening did not inhibit action, but it gave Taylor time to determine the right action. Take a few deep breaths. What do you need to be okay with not knowing, without giving an answer right away? Like my patient Denise, all of us deserve time to consider and to question. And like Taylor from our message for all ages, all of us, children and adults, all of us deserve a listening rabbit. May all of us give ourselves permission to be fine. Amen. 
And our benediction today comes from Crowfoot, a Blackfoot warrior and orator living in the 17th century. Hold on to what is good, even if it's a handful of earth. Hold on to what you believe, even if it's a tree that stands by itself. Hold on to what you must do, even if it's a long way from here. Hold on to your life, even if it's easier to let go. Hold on to my hand, even if someday I'll be gone away from you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.